against the Lord. No one can, no one will. Who will stand against the King? No one can, no one will.
chapter 4 and verse 3 and the word of the Lord says for thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns do not sow among thorns Sowing among thorns. Will you repeat that after me, please? Sowing among thorns. You may be seated. We read here the words of a grieved God. Even the words of an amazed God. The inhabitants of Judah and their capital city, Jerusalem, have fallen into idolatry and wickedness and inhumanity. And God, through Jeremiah, warned them that they will be destroyed unless they turn away from their sin and turn toward their God. Ultimately, Jerusalem was destroyed in 587 B.C. by the Babylonians and those nobles and many of the people in Judea were deported and placed in captivity. But God reminded them there's no reason, there's no benefit in your course of action. You're destroying everything by what you are doing. Jeremiah 2.5 Thus saith the Lord What injustice have your fathers found in me that they have gone far from me and have followed idols and have become idolaters. Here God asks What wrong have I done to you that you would forsake me and leave me as you have done? Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 11 Has a nation changed its gods which are not gods but my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. Here God is asking why give away your greatness and your potential for nothing. And then in Jeremiah 2.13 the Lord said for my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have dug out or hewn out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Here God is asking, why drink from a dirty, leaking hole in the ground when you can drink from a cool and sweet fountain? Each of these passages indicate how bizarre it is to turn away from God. 
how strange it is to turn towards something, somebody, or some ideology other than God. Any commitment, any investment that excludes God is to sow among the thorns. And God says to us, don't sow among the thorns. And to understand the power and the relevance of that figure, we need to strongly stress the fact that seeds were in that day and are in our day very, very important. This is especially true of those seeds that can both be eaten and planted. Wheat seeds, corn seeds, barley seeds, and so on. Seeds of this nature can be used for food between harvests when there's nothing growing. Orange seeds, lemon seeds, those seeds you don't eat. You eat the fruit and throw the seed away or you plant the seed. But corn seeds and barley seeds and wheat seeds, you can either eat them or you can plant them. Seeds produce food. And food produces life. And life is the basic essential to everything else on earth. No seeds, no life. But also seeds can produce more seeds, which in turn produce more crops. Seeds can reproduce 100-fold in the right place with the right care. Some of you city folk don't know anything about planting and harvesting and all that kind of stuff. Do I have any country folk out there who've been there, been there, done that? Genesis chapter 26 and verse 12. Listen to this. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very, very prosperous. This seems to indicate that Isaac brought seeds to that place with him. Seeds can be more easily transported than actual plants. And seeds that you don't plant in the wrong place can later be planted in the right place. But if you plant them in the wrong place, it's difficult to dig them up and try to replant them in another location. Seeds may be among the most valuable things on the earth. There are few earthly things. Come on, country folk. There are few earthly things that are more valuable than seeds. But I want to strongly stress something today, that there are factors in life that are like seeds. Preach to your neighbor and say, neighbor, there are factors in life that are like seeds. The wise steps you take to promote your good physical health is like a seed. Your health is like a seed. Most of the other things you may do are largely related to your good health, your work, your recreation, your participation in family activities are all affected by your health. If you don't have good health, there are so many things 
that you're left out of, that you cannot participate in. And no wise person omits frequent physicals or ignores warning signals from him or her body. You think I got this magnificent physique sitting around on a couch? Look at your name and say, don't hate, celebrate. <laughs> your health is like a seed. Money is like a seed. And the Bible is full of references to the sowing of this kind of seed and reaping a great investment. 2 Corinthians 9 and 5, the Apostle Paul said, Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren and go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand that you have previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity, not as a grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Paul is talking about their giving of their money to support the work of the Lord and the church of God. And he says, if you sow grudgingly, you'll reap sparingly and grudgingly. But if you sow bountifully, you'll bring in a bountiful return. In many ways, we need to look upon money as seed that we plant rather than something that we merely spend or use. Money spent is gone, but money invested grows and increases and brings great results in the future. Money given to God's work is one of the best investments possible. Not only does it advance the work of the Lord, but it brings future benefits to the giver even to 100-fold. Deuteronomy 8 and 18 says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish the covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So many people feel that wealth is a product of their own ingenuity, their own ability. But listen, you would not even be able to breathe if God had not blessed you to breathe, to move, to work. God would not, if God was not with you, you could not do anything. In him we live. In him we have our being. And so God is the source of everything to us. And even as God has blessed us, God expects us to bless him and to bless his work. So money is like a seed. But then beyond that, your involvement and commitment to your marriage and to your family are like seeds. What you invest in your family becomes probably the most blessed and wonderful thing that you share in any way. So your investment in your family, character and integrity are like seeds. And your character and integrity must be carefully conserved and wisely planted. They're valuable because people will deal with you with confidence only when you have a reputation for these things. If you've got a reputation that's negative and bad, nobody's going to trust you in any way with anything. But if you've got integrity, 
people say, I can trust that individual. I can rely upon that individual. Well, what else is like a seed? Your future is like a seed. Your future is not determined tomorrow. Your future is determined today. What you do today, how you behave today, will determine your tomorrow. And your future is present today in seed form. How and where you plant that seed will determine your future. What else is like a seed, brother preacher? Your energy and your strength are like seeds. You've got to be very careful what you select to give to your energy, to invest and spend your strength and your energy. If you select the wrong thing, you'll live to regret that investment. Potential is like a seed. Opportunities are like seeds. All of us can look back on opportunities that we miss, that we wish we had taken advantage of, windows of opportunity that we did not enter, and because of that, our life took a different pathway and missed out on a special blessing. I could go on and on and on. How many of you know friendship is like a seed? Hallelujah. Influence is like a seed. A life properly planted can make a tremendous difference. All of these things, if properly dealt with, can bring great benefits to our lives now and in the future. And these things can either be consumed now or they can be conserved to be planted at a more appropriate time. But I want you to know not only are there forces in life that are like seeds, there are also forces in life that are like thorns. Valueless things can be like thorns. Things that do not matter can be like thorns. Things that are not likely to succeed are things that jeopardize the success you have or even already have can be like thorns. Matthew 1 and 13 and 7 says, and some seed fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. And so God sends this little word to us today, don't sow among the thorns. Things which matter most must never be at the mercy of things that matter least. Are y'all hearing me today? Never place the valuable in the hands of the valueless. And there are certain things which will not likely succeed. Don't try them. There are things which will work against you. Thorns symbolize those areas that prevent growth. Areas which will consume that which is grown or even attempts to grow. And normal plants cannot combat thorns by themselves. Your normal good plant, a fruit plant, cannot survive in the face of thorns by themselves. They cannot combat them. Thorns take over. Thorns dominate the scene if they are not dealt with. And seeds planted among thorns are wasted seed and seed that will be destroyed. How many of you know that there are people who can be like thorns? They're there. They began to consume the good in you. If you acknowledge them and spend time with them and become like them, they can make your life very painful. There are involvements that are like thorns. If you began involved 
in some negative involvements and associations, you'll live to regret it with all your heart. And so even the good that keeps us from the best can become a thorn to us. Yes, what you're doing might not be an evil thing, might not be a terrible thing, might not be a devilish thing, but if what you're doing keeps you from doing what God would have you doing, then even that good thing you're doing can become a bad thing. Come on, clap your hands if you know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. So we've got to evaluate our opportunities to ascertain their potential for success. Life should not be spent doing the same non-productive thing over and over again. Am I right about it? Sometimes I lose something. Hate to do it. And I take sometimes hours trying to find something that I lost. Which if I had not lost it, I'd never have to take that time to find it. And could have been using my time more productively. If you come to the mouth of a cave and you see only footprints going in and no footprints coming out, you ought to know you don't want to go in there. That's not a place you want to be. Don't invest the spiritual in the physical. Don't invest the eternal in the temporary. Don't invest the invaluable in the less valuable. Don't invest the spirit in the flesh, but invest the flesh in the spirit. Paul said in Romans 8, 18, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Don't invest the eternal in the temporary. Invest the temporary in the eternal. The song says time is filled with swift transitions. Not unmoved on earth shall stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Whatever I've got to do to deal with eternity, to be ready for eternity, it's worth it. Is there anybody here who knows it's worth it? Don't invest the invaluable in the less valuable. Invest the less valuable in the invaluable. Paul found the invaluable thing in Philippians 3 and 8. And he said, I count all things but loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ. Gaining Christ is more important than everything. Paul said, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Then he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul said, listen, nothing is more important than knowing Jesus and knowing the power of the resurrection. Does anybody agree with that? Does anybody feel that same way? Lose everything. You don't lose eternity. Don't lose the resurrection. Paul says in Galatians 6 and 8, For he who sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap life everlasting. 
In other words, if you invest your time, your energy in spiritual things, you will get and reap life everlasting. Is there anybody here who wants life everlasting? Anybody here want to live forever? Don't invest or give yourself to sinful activities because if you invest in the flesh, you'll of the flesh reap corruption. But if you put your life in the hands of Almighty God, God will give you life, joy, peace, fulfillment like you've never known before. How many of you know how wonderful it is to live for the Lord? How wonderful it is to know Jesus Christ. How wonderful it is to have Jesus Christ in our lives. If you're glad that he's in your life, clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Many thorn plants have beautiful flowers, but few, if any, have any fruit. Thorns in life have their attractive dimension. That's why they're so drawn, so magnetic in pulling men toward them. They have that magnetic aspect. But because other fish see the bait and not the hook and get hooked and in the frying pan, there's no reason for you to get on the hook. That's because they're lost. There's no reason for you to be lost and to be destroyed. Men are so attracted by what the devil offers. But the Bible says the devil is as a roaring lion going to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Resist steadfast in the faith. Listen, you've got to resist the devil, and the devil will flee from you. But if you allow him to have an inroad in your life, it brings forth sin, and sin will bring forth death. There are biblical examples of sowing seeds among the thorns. There are men in the word of God who sowed among the thorns and were destroyed because of that fact. Adam invested in his curiosity rather than in his obedience. He was told what he should not do. He allowed Eve to influence him, and he ate that that was forbidden of him. He lost the garden. He lost his relationship with God. He lost his habitation in the Garden of Eden. Esau gave up the invaluable for the temporary. He came in from an unsuccessful hut. He was hungry. He said to his brother Jacob, give me some soup. Give me some pottage. But Jacob said, I will. But you've got to give me the birthright. If you give me the birthright, I'll give you some soup. And Esau should have stepped back and said, no way. Just like some of us today ought to turn toward the devil and say, no way will I give up any ground that I've established with the Lord. But Esau said, yes, and he gave up the birthright for a bowl of soup. Samson placed himself and all that he could have been in the hands of Delilah, whose very nature it was to destroy him. He was his, she was his enemy's women. And because of her conniving in his life, Samson got a haircut and lost his strength and lost his power. 
Listen, you don't want to lose your strength. But if you have lost your strength, I just came by to tell you today, your hair is growing back. God can restore what the devil has destroyed. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor, your hair is growing back. And God can restore. Aren't you glad that God is a God of restoration? The king saw threw away everything. He followed his own mind. Rather than following God, he turned away from the will of God. And God rejected him from being king. And he looked for somebody after his own heart. He found David. But David went down the road a little while and was on the roof looking at Bathsheba and desired her and became involved with her. He lost wonderful opportunities that he had in God. And he had to struggle and strive to be restored to the will of God. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor, whatever God has given to you, don't lose it. Don't cast it aside. Don't sow among the thorns. Listen, people persist in that which will not produce and that which will not succeed. But you've got to make up your mind. Lord, I'm not going to give up any ground. Lord, I'm not going to stand by while my life withers away. Too many lives have been destroyed. Too many lives have been devastated. They showed so much promise and so much benefit, but along the way, they lost their way and lost their opportunity. But child of God, I want you to know, it does not have to happen to you. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it does not have to happen in your life. Stand on the proven. Stand on the tested. Stand on the word of God. If it didn't work for other folk, it's not going to work for you. But if it worked in the word of God, you can stand on the word of God. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking stand. Say yes. Focus on the dependable. Focus on the durable. Focus on that which will last. Focus on what men cannot take away. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Aren't you glad you can stand on the word of God? Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Hallelujah. The Bible says, don't spend your money for that which is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy. Reach out and take hold of God and hold on. God will bless you. God will lift you. God will complete you in the name of Jesus. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and add no sorrow. So many are wondering, if I live for God, will I enjoy it? Will I be blessed? Will the Lord fulfill his promise in my life? 
I just come back to tell you that God will never fail you. God will never let you down. Hallelujah. Joshua 1 and 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written therein. For then, everybody say then, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Come on and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I've got to close. But Hosea 10 and Hosea 12, Hosea 10 and 12 says, So for yourselves, in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. Break up ground that is idle, uncultivated. It's time to seek the Lord till he comes and reigns righteousness upon you. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, don't sow among the thorns. Let me go to just one more scripture. Then I'm going to take my seat. Turn to Psalm 126 and verse 6, where the Bible says, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless, say doubtless, come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves, with him, this paints for us the picture of a man, sad and forlorn, broken-hearted, divided in his mind. He's come to sowing time, but he does not have a lot of seed. If he does not plant, his family will not have a harvest to sustain them in the future. If he does not plant, he'll have no more seeds to plant for the next sowing time and the next harvest time. And so his heart is under a strain and divided in mind. He's saying, Lord, I need you to help me. If I don't plant, I won't reap. But if I plant, I may not have enough seed and enough food to sustain me throughout the next season. Lord, if I take my seed out and go out into the field, the enemy may come upon me and take my seed away and I'll have nothing to plant and nothing to harvest. Lord, if I plant and you don't send the rain, then my crops may die. They may perish in the field. And so, Lord, I need you to step in. I can plant, but I can't send the rain. Send the rain upon my crops. Send the rain into my life and so for all of these reasons the man has tears in his eyes as he goes out bearing his precious seed child of God what you bear is very precious tell your neighbor neighbor what you bear is very precious and you're going to need God to guide you in how you deal with it this man sought the help of God because it was a critical situation. And he went out weeping and calling on God. He sowed his seed in that good ground while calling on God with tears in his eyes. But the Bible says he 
that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed. Child of God, something in your life may cause you to weep. You may feel that you're by yourself in this endeavor called living. You may feel that the future is insecure and you're divided regarding what you should do. But go ahead, child. Step out by faith. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, step out by faith. I've just come to tell you that God has a miracle with your name on it. God is going to take you all the way into blessing. God is going to fulfill his promise. God is going to fulfill his blessed word. So somehow that weeping man made up his mind that I'm going to sow anyhow. I'm not going to refuse and step back because of fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Tell three people I'm going to sow anyhow. Yes, yes. He went on out, stepped out by faith. Hallelujah. But the Bible is not through with him yet. For the Bible says, if he goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. The Bible says, I see him coming back. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I see that man coming back rejoicing. Hallelujah. Bringing his harvest. Bringing his sheaves. Bringing his blessing. Child of God, I see you coming back rejoicing. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I see you coming back rejoicing, bringing the blessing, bringing the sheaves. Hallelujah. Come on and praise him. Hallelujah. He's able, able, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we may ask, that we may think all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Yes, yes. <laughs> 